I just want to show you a, a couple slides. Um, you know, the, like, the reaction that men and women have is so different uh, to, to things. Uh, the reaction when a friend gets in a relationship with women, it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm so happy for you. But uh, with men, it's like, it's like, is she blind? Uh, that one lady's talking to, that, to another, and she says, my year's, New Year's resolution is to stop putting my foot in my mouth all the time. I bet yours is losing weight, huh? <laughs> Some things are better left unsaid, which I generally realize right after I've said them. <laughs> or Debbie looks at me with that look like, oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I told Debbie, I did not, I, I'm not really sure how this got in uh, the mix. Remember, if you can't say something nice, make it funny. It, it, it's funny how, uh, uh, because I did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, you know, in a Christian home, you, you use Bible verses as principles in your, in your life. Well, my family wasn't Christian, so, so we didn't use Bible verses. We used, we used uh, things like this as our philosophy in life. And I remember it was like, that was, it was a, a good moment when you made fun of somebody or everybody laughed. And in my family, uh, they had a high tolerance. Uh, they, they didn't really get offended much. Uh, we, joked, we joked very strongly. And, and I guess some people might even say harshly uh, uh, that wasn't part of the family that ended up marrying into the family. You know, just kind of perspectives. Uh, our families were so different, Debbie and I's, and even, even the way we joked and things like that. It was like it, there was a real learning curve for me to understand that some people didn't think that was funny. Some people just felt that was hurtful. And it was interesting because I always thought the big win was to say something funny, or the big win was, you know, oh, just don't be so, don't be so sensitive. And I realized that the big win is being Christ-like. And it's like, what's hard is, is especially, you know, as if you weren't born and, and raised as a Christian, it, it, that doesn't come very naturally sometimes. And I remember I just, it, it, as far as me and my big mouth, I, it was something, it was a process that I had to really work on. And even as uh, in the years of PBC that I was there, Debbie and I were close friends. I remember on several occasions, uh, uh, Debbie would say, you can't talk to somebody like that. You just can't talk to somebody like that. And we're in week three uh, uh, of this series, and we are talking about that everyone needs a cheerleader. Now, when I was kind of working on the, the slides for, for, uh, for this this morning, I, it was like me and my big mouth, I found this, this slide, and it was like, oh, man, that, that, that's kind of perfect. And just go into Google, you know, and you find the image in this and that. So, so, but I found out that my week was going to be uh, everyone needs a cheerleader. So uh, what do you put in the search for Google images uh, when your sermon title is a cheerleader and you need a, an image, Right. I tell you, it was uh, like, there's a great challenge. You want to bring the word of the Lord, but I'll tell you, it's a great challenge to try to find the cheerleader image when you're going to speak at Joy Church. But I think that I was able to nail it. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, with, with, with this. So. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this, so cheer each other up 
with the hope that you have. And it's like, I'll tell you, in a world that there's just so much negativity and there's just so much, it's like just so easy to just go to that negative spot. Isn't that just kind of almost just so natural for us? And the Bible says, you know what, we need to cheer each other up. And I thought it's so interesting, even in this verse that it was talking about, how do you cheer somebody up? According to this verse, it isn't to go, you know what, I know that you're really having a hard time, you know? Uh, uh, I don't know, like an example. I, I know that, you know, uh, one of your parents passed away, and, and uh, I just want to encourage you. Uh, and the way I'm going to encourage you is to say there's people who've lost both parents. Does that sound encouraging to you? No, it doesn't sound encouraging. And I guarantee you, if somebody said that, it was a man probably. It's like we, we just have a different way of thinking sometimes. It's like the way to encourage isn't to show somebody you're really not going through something bad because there's so many people that are going through worse, and it could even be worse for you. But isn't that kind of a go-to way sometimes that we do when we think about encouraging people? The Bible says this. It says cheer each other up with the hope that you have. And it's like, as we're in the Word, and as we're just kind of bathing our minds just with this, uh, with this, the water of the Word, and, and, and we're starting to think like the way the Bible thinks, what happens is we, became, we, we start to, to have this eternal perspective that the Bible shows us, and that shows us that no matter what we're going through, there is always a hope, and there is always something good that's about to happen, and that can happen. And it's amazing that if we can be those kinds of people, the Bible says that we're to be salt and light to this generation. You know, it's, it's easy to be salt and darkness, you know. Salt and, oh, can you believe uh, uh, the politics in this thing? Can you believe the corruption here? Can you believe, you know, my boss treats me bad? Can you believe this? You know what? We need to live a different kind of a life as Christians. And this life that we live is what's called the supernatural life, right? There's the natural life, and the supernatural life is something that we need some help living. Isn't that true? And that's all connected with us being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is when we are filled with the Spirit, we are filled with that power to live out the things of the Spirit, and we are meant to splash on to other people, talking about hope and encouraging people and cheering them on in a, in a way that is a godly way. And I, I wanted to uh, uh, kind of just bring about four or five just quick points. And I was thinking, you know what, let's use uh, the example of Barnabas. Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. His, his uh, name means the son of encouragement. And so we're going to just kind of take out uh, four or five little, little spots of, of, of his life. So Number one is find a needy person and bless him. Find a needy person and bless him. Be a load lifter. In Acts 4, 36, it says this. Uh, the, the, there was a guy called, called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Find a needy person and bless him. It's interesting because uh, uh, as Christians, we need to have our antennas up all the time. And there's people that need that, that there's, there's, there's literally thousands and probably millions of people that need uh, things. Isn't that true? In other words, if, if, if we gave to every single person that had a need in our path, we would probably be, be, be bankrupt within a month. Isn't that true? 
So what happens is, it's like just the math, it's like, well, I can't do that. And so it's easy to swing the pendulum the other direction and go, well, I just got no, 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 no. And we kind of we get that down uh, well. But you know, how do we find a needy person and bless them? The way we do it is that we, we, we have, we pray to God, we say, we say God, today... Help me find a needy person so I can bless them. I can figure out a way to bless them. I remember, I remember one time in my life that uh, I, was, <clears throat> I was quite hungry because I was very poor. And uh, uh, I was single, and I, I just graduated from Bible school. I, I moved to the, the metropolis of Tillamook, Oregon, and I was a youth pastor there, and uh, it was going to be awesome. And it really was awesome, all the part except for there was no salary. That part wasn't too awesome. And uh, uh, a result of that was my cupboards were quite bare. And I was going to have a, a visit from my uncle. And my uncle is kind of a colorful character, uh, uh, lives uh, in Ashland. And uh, I, I, we were talking in the last service, our families are so different. Debbie's family is very, everybody's pastors in Je- Debbie's family. Just this a lineage of great-grandpas and father, fathers and grandfathers and sons and all this stuff. Everybody's a pastor in Debbie's side. So it's like everything's Christian. We go over there, man, Christian music, Christian talk. We talk about the church, everything like that. Now, my family is very different. And my family, I, I come from a, a line of, of uh, farmers. And my uncle uh, uh, was very faithful in this uh, thing. My, my, my uncle farmed something that was legalized just a few years ago here in Oregon. And from what I understand, he was quite good at it also. Uh, and uh, my, uncle, my uncle thought, you know, this is craziness buying a piece of land. Why do people buy a piece of land when the government owns so much of it, right? So he decided to grow his crop on federal land. Well, the... The, 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 the federal officer uh, that was dressed in camouflage that caught him tending to his, uh, his product uh, didn't think very highly of my uncle, and he spent five years in prison uh, for his uh, uh, philosophical gardening skills. And so, uh, and this was the uncle that was coming to visit me. And he came to visit me uh, in my home, and I remember he showed up with, I'm t- I, it, was like, it wasn't like a bag of groceries. He showed up with, I'm telling you, two armfuls of, gr- of groceries. And I remember him taking those things out, and he was trying to do it kind of like, you know, <clears throat> don't be embarrassed, man. You know, we've all, we've all uh, gone through hard times. I just want to bless you with, it, with this type of thing, you know. And I remember just, just being amazed at that, that, that level of generosity from somebody that, you know, I just like didn't really know him uh, very much. We were uh, separated by prison, you know. Uh, uh. And something that, that, because I was so deeply touched by that act of generosity, it really kind of messed with me even as a person thinking, if somebody who doesn't have Jesus in them, can do that. Imagine what we can do filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember uh, uh, even uh, a father, I was reading a book where a father was, was teaching his sons about generosity and they would, they would buy bags of groceries and they'd go up and they'd, they'd hang the groceries up on the, on the door handle, then they'd ring the doorbell, then the, the kids would run and they'd hide 
So all the people could do is they could see the, gro the groceries that were there and the groceries that they'd placed on the porch and did it in an anonymous fashion. And I was thinking, what a great thing to teach even our kids. I'm parents. Is things like that. You know, you know son, sometimes we, we give, and, and when we try to give, we try to do it as anonymous as possible. Sometimes um, we need a face with it, and we, we, we give it uh, for that reason. And imagine being those kind of people that see that need and then meet it. I want to encourage you during this week to give some groceries to somebody. You know what? It might be just a bag. It might be stuff that, that, that you have and you just kind of fill that bag up and, and, and pray about who am I to give this to? And if you don't get an answer, put those things in that bag and leave those. I mean, don't, if there's milk, don't leave it out, you know, but, uh, but uh, leave that out. And I believe that God will give you a name to bless somebody. It, it's very probable and very possible. It might be somebody that's, that's on your street. See, what happens is this is where these words become a rhema word. So it's like we can give a bag of groceries, but, but if we give a bag of groceries prophetically, what ends up happening is it affects our life. It affects our life in a deep way. Let's be those kind of people, amen? Second thing, find a lonely person and include them. Be a friend finder. In Acts 9, you know, it says that when Paul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing he was really a disciple. They were afraid that he was going to kill him. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he told them how Saul in his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him, and, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And then what happened is, because of Barnabas... He made that connection, and it's just like the, the rest of his sister. It's very interesting, uh, um, um, him doing that. It's, it's how often do we see, uh, even at church sometimes, you know, somebody who's just kind of uh, uh, kind of off by themselves. We have a, we have a strong belief that, that church is not the, the time that's, that's written on the website. It's not from that, that service to the service start where they're starting to sing, and then when the pastor says, have a good week, that church is over at that point. We so believe that there's so much more ministry that needs to go on. You know what? I, I, we, we all want to go get lunch and go, go do the things. But I'll tell you, I want to encourage you. You know, be that kind of person. That just get, get one more little cup of coffee and just think, I'll leave as soon as I'm done with this cup of coffee. And while you got that coffee, you're just kind of, you're just praying. You're going, God, can I, can I, can I minister to somebody? Can I just, can I just, and sometimes it's, it's just going up and talking to somebody. I remember my son, <clears throat> uh, both, all three of our kids went through PBC. All three of our kids uh, had graduations. And we were here last year. Uh, uh, up, in, up at the school at the, the graduation. And after the graduation, then they have this kind of, in the, in the Ivy Hall, they have this uh, kind of, you know, cookies and coffee and stuff like that. And it's so even fun for Debbie and I. We know a lot of people because of all the years, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people are sent, sent their kids there and stuff. So we're talking, this, and I see this family that was all by themselves. And you know that thing inside of you that, you know, you see that person, you kind of you realize in that they're kind of, that, that it, they, they would probably like to meet somebody, uh, and no one's going over there, no one's talking to them. And I just kind of felt that inkling of the Holy Spirit. 
I remember my pastor used to say, you know when you're nowhere. Like we all have a nowhere. And there's, you just know when you're nowhere that I need to go talk to them. And it's like, uh, and then you try to go, oh, God, you know, I, 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 I live on the other side of the world like, like he forgot or something, you know. And it's like, it's like I, I just kind of want to hang out with my friends. And I just felt like I needed to go. So I went. I, I was, oh, I'll do this real quick. Hi, my name's Skip, you know. Uh, we graduated from BBC. You got, a, you got somebody, yeah, our, our son is, and he's over there, and he's having a good time. And I'm looking at this father, a mother, and the, t- the two kids, you know, boy and girl, uh, uh, older boy and a girl. And, uh, and so I'm meeting him. And as I'm meeting the boy, this is what he says. He says this, this, uh, he says this, he says this crazy thing. He goes, he goes, the boy says, I'm, I, I want to go in the army and my dad won't let me. And I'm thinking, you want to go in the army? <laughs> I'm thinking, well, well, dad's probably right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, you know, if, sorry if you're from them, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking, so I said, I said, well, what do you think about that? And the dad starts sharing a little bit. And then, and then this person starts sharing. And then, and, and then the, the boys start sharing, and this, they start getting back, back and forth. And it was really interesting because it was like the first time that they've been able to actually talk about this thing. And here we are at a PBC graduation. See, that's what, that's what happens sometimes. We, we, we see that lonely person, but what God sees is a, a further conversation that needs to happen and a connection that needs to happen. And it's like when we are open to that, God uses us. Next. Find a misunderstood person and affirm him. Be a bridge builder. In Acts 11 it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, the Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed. News of this reached Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he had arrived, he saw the grace God had done. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their heart. So what happened is this kind of thing. There was some misunderstanding. And it was like, it was like he went there and then, <coughs> excuse me, he, he not only saw that it was really a God thing, he was like encouraging them, no, you're doing good. You can, you can do this. You can do this. You know, so often, you know, uh, 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 people just, you kind of just don't, you, it, sometimes we'll have a vision for other people to do things. And then sometimes in our own lives, we won't have the vision uh, that we just think, ah, for me, I don't think I, I'd be able to do that, you know? I don't know what that thing is. But you know what? There, there's so many people that have that thing going in them. And sometimes just one, they're one conversation away from, from liberating that faith to actually do things that will actually transform their lives. Encourage them to take the next step. It's amazing when we can, we can see people that, that, that are a little bit misunderstood, they may be a little bit different, and we affirm them. Let's go to the next. Find a person, a potential person, and develop him. Be a disciple maker. Barnabas went to a Troas to look for Saul, and when they found him, he brought them to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a great number of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if anybody had ever 
Has, do you remember when, when somebody actually believed in you when maybe you were going, I don't know what even they see, but they saw something in you? I remember I had a junior high teacher, science teacher. Man, that guy, I, uh, he, he made me, I, I actually survived junior high because of that teacher. It was like he saw something in me and he was just, it was that genuine, genuine encouragement. When I went to PBC, I, I, I came from a more traditional background, and so I was very different, uh, for, especially for the first couple years of PBC, uh, uh, because even the gifts of the Holy Spirit and things like that, that was all new to me. And I was, I was trying to kind of work through those things. And I was asking a lot of questions and this and that, and there were some people that kind of just, that, that, that it kind of made me probably a little bit weird. And then there was other people that, that were happy to answer all my questions about the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Debbie. I'm sure she had no ulterior motives, right? Skip, do you want to talk about the Holy Spirit today? <laughs> no, I, she never did that. She never did that. I, I, uh, <clears throat> but she wanted to. I know, I just kid, just kidding. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, um, even when I was in PBC and I, I was like that, uh, I had a, a pastor there that over the, he was over all the, the kids, kids ministry and uh, he actually, he saw something in me and he, he says, look, uh, uh, as I was teaching uh, 10-year-old boys, I had a class of 10-year-old boys, and I tried to make it really fun and interesting and he, 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 he would sit with me, he'd listen to me, and then he'd go, Skip, the way you taught, do this, change this, this thing, I think it'd be better. And so it was like, okay, I think he knows what he's talking about, so I'd change that thing. And then he'd, he'd, he'd help me tweak each week just a, a little bit more. And, and some of the things he said, you know, just automatically, I didn't know if I really, you know, it was like, oh, I don't know, and I'd, I'd follow it. He discipled me. And by the time that I was, we were, I was finished with my four years there, I was, I was one of his right-hand guys that helped, helped run the whole uh, children's program at, 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 at Bible Temple at, at, at that time. And it was like I just learned so much so that when I went to Brazil, it's amazing. There's all these things that I knew because why? Somebody saw something in a, in a guy that just was a little bit different, and he was a disciple, disciple maker. Let me give you the last one. Find a failing person and restore him. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the believers in the towns that we preach the word of the Lord to see how they're doing. Barnabas went to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in this city and he had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. So what had happened was Paul, you know, and Barnabas are going on this, this journey, and they, they, got, they got Mark with them, and this is, it's all good. And right when start, things start getting difficult, what ends up happening is Mark says, you know what, I'm, I'm out of here. And he abandons them. It's interesting in this, in this passage, it doesn't say that, that Barnabas made excuses for Mark. Oh, you know, he was probably sick. Oh, he, was, he needed, oh, this is thing. It didn't say that. It was more like, let's give him another chance. There's something good in this guy. And it's interesting because later on in the book of Timothy, uh, uh, Paul even says, he has been great for the ministry. 
And there was that restoration that actually happened, even in this situation of being restored. You know what? People mess up. We all mess up. And I'll tell you, it's, it's a wonderful thing that God is a God of restoration. And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing. I, I know like a, like a physical miracle is a beautiful thing. But I'll tell you, I would, I would count it just as beautiful when we see marriages that are destroyed and we see a restoration take place. And sometimes those kinds of things, it's two people. It's not like they're just going, oh, I just want to separate. I just want. Down deep, they want it to be restored, but they don't know the path to get there. And some of us can help with that. And not by just a sermon, but sometimes a walking with to show you, let me show you the path. And let me demonstrate the path. We can be those, those types of people. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up this morning. We can do this stuff, can't we? Isn't that, isn't that what's so neat about, about being a cheerleader? About being an encourager? Is that all this stuff, this is stuff we can do. I want to encourage you this week to try to do all five of these things. Figure out somebody, pray and say, God, show me somebody that needs a second chance. I want to help be a restorer. I want you to pray for somebody. God, somebody that's lonely, and, and I, I just want to be a friend for that person. I just want to uh, uh, maybe just spend a little time being friendly. I want to encourage you to figure out somebody that you're supposed to bring your bag or 20 bags of groceries. We had this, we had this, we had this couple that were, that were suffering, and their kids were suffering. And Debbie and I, we just, we took the kids and we, we went to the store and we bought some groceries, you know, that the, the, the parents needed. And then we bought a whole bunch of boxes of cereal for the kids. All those kinds of cereals that probably the parents are going, that's too much sugar in that, right? In Brazil, you know, cereal is a very, it's just different than here. We don't have aisles and aisles of cereal. Cereal is kind of just kind of one of those things most people don't even eat because it's kind of expensive and this and that. We just filled those bags of groceries, took it over, and we gave it to them. It was so interesting. Afterwards, those girls came and were just talking to Debbie. And it was like, they, they didn't see so much that, that we gave all those groceries to the family. What they saw is we gave them some boxes of, of, of cereal. And they were just so blessed on a deep level. Who would imagine? I mean, I just thought, oh, this would be nice. But you never imagine the impact that we can have. And that's a beautiful thing. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are called to be his image in the lives of our neighbors and our friends. And God wants to use each and every one of us to do that. And he wants to do it this week. Amen. I want to pray for you just real quick. Father, I just pray your blessing upon each and every person that is here this morning. I pray, Father, that you would, you would guide each and every person, each and every one of us, to be people that find a friend and be friendly. Help us to find somebody that needs to be restored. And, and we do at least the first steps of a restoration 
Father, people that maybe we haven't even talked to in, in a year or even longer, I pray, Father, that you would help us to take that first step to be a cheerleader, go beyond just our restoration, but be a cheerleader in their lives. I pray, Father, that you would guide our bags of groceries this week, that we would bless families, and that they would see your face in all we do. I thank you for this church. I thank you for them touching this community, this state, and the world, Father. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen. God bless. Wow. I love any opportunity I have to hear Skip. What a pastor's heart. How many of you know that we need encouragement. We need that past, the pastor heart of God, the father heart of God to touch us. We need cheerleaders in our life. A few years ago, a, a powerful leader, truly an apostle of God, had gone through a hard time and uh, I'd reached out to try to help him when he was going into the hard time and and uh, he made some bad choices and and then all of a sudden his heart was turned and I remember sitting with him and and he was telling me I want to serve the Lord but I know I'll never go back in the ministry and I had the opportunity to say that the Bible says that when an elder sins he's rebuked not replaced and uh, it means the world to me to see my buddy preaching, teaching, planting churches, doing the work of the ministry. I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to just come and blow. Nobody believes in you like God does. Your father loves you. And every time you're at bat, he's leaned up on the fence. He's rooting for you. And when you strike out, he doesn't replace you. How many have been re-re-re-retrained, reprogrammed, <laughs> re-energized, re-entered? Wow. Week after week, we have people who come into this place and they say, man, I tried so many things and I'm still empty. I still, I need family. I need life. I need God. Right now at this point of the service is when we take that time to let you know that there's a father that loves you more than you could ever imagine. The Bible says that God has drawn us with everlasting cords of kindness. How many of you that have called on the name of the Lord have felt those cords of kindness? It's an everlasting love. He just keeps wooing you to himself. And I cannot imagine living in this life without God. How many of you know that there's a lot of road rash in life right now. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of brokenness. And we need 
to come to that cheerleader, that one that he's doing all of those five things, those things that Skip listed. God is doing those every day of our life and never wearied. He never, he never bummed out. And if you're here today and you say, well, you know, I don't know if God would want me. I'm kind of a wreck. Let me tell you something. God is a great workman. He loves wrecks. He loves replacing your broken life. When you come to Jesus and when you say, Lord, I want you, he's not coming to give you an ultimate makeover. He's going to bring you a brand new life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're not here to try to say, let's put, let's put a, another a patch on this broken, destroyed tire. We're saying, come, let God make you new. Let God come and show you his tenderness. And we, we ask people to join God because God's already joined us as much as he can possibly join us. The Bible said that Father God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not, you know, be destroyed, but would be saved, would not perish, but have everlasting life. God has joined us in what we do by our faith. We say, man, I want in. So if we could, if everyone could close your eyes and just bow your head for a moment, what we do is when you raise your hand, we, we're not going to have you come down or anything. We're going to pray. All of us are going to pray together and say, Lord, I need you. When I, when I pray this prayer, I still mean it. I still, every day of my life, I like knowing that God is in my heart. God is in my life. And so I'd like to just get a response. If you're here today and you say one of two things, one, I've I just want to join God, or two, I've joined God and I, I, I'm so far away. I want to come home to the Father that loves me. If you're here today and you'd like to join God, wave your hand so I can see you, so we can pray with you, so we can believe. We can believe in the Lord. I see, see that hand. Is there any others there? You're saying, hey, I just, I just want to be a part of God's kingdom. I want Father God as my father because no one's going to ever love me more than him. Real quickly, do I see any other hands here? Wave your hand if you're saying, man, I want in. I want God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Later on, Allie's going to tell you how to fill out a decision card. But let's pray together and let's ask the Lord to take away our sins. All of us, let's repeat this together. Dear Father, I thank you for your love, how much you love me. You, you've pursued me and you've wooed me. And today I tell you, I don't want to run from you. I want to run to you. You said that if I would call on your name, you'd save me. You said, if I believed in Jesus, you'd save me. And that God has raised him from the dead. I believe that. I need you, Father. You also said that whoever calls on your name would not be ashamed. Take away my shame. Forgive me, God.
for all of my sins. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.